You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. we're going to talk about this faith walk we're in right now. We're in a faith walk. Who can say I'm in a faith walk? We heard a few faith walk testimonies, right? We're in a faith walk. Uh, you know, I've been really praying into 2024, and uh, I just keep hearing that this is going to be the greatest move of God through his people. And it's not... It's not going to happen. It actually is happening. Sometimes we think we're looking for something that actually is already occurring. And as we hear the testimonies and hear people talk about things that are going on in their life, we realize that God is doing this amazing thing. And we're looking for something that he's already doing in us. But I I think this uh, coming year is going to completely undo us. And uh, I, was, I was looking up that word. I thought, well, what does really, what does undo really mean? Because sometimes you use words and you think you know what they mean until somebody says, do you actually know what that word means? And I'm like, no, well, it's already broadcast to everybody. So uh, no, <laughs> I can't clean that up. But uh, it means to unfasten, untie, and to loosen. So when we think about God undoing us, He is loosening us. He is unfastening us. He is untying us. He's taken the reins off to allow us to run free and to be able to do the great exploits that he has for us to do. And one of my favorite scriptures, Pastor Gene preached on it a few, maybe maybe a few months ago, but it just keeps resonating in me is that Daniel 11, uh, I think it's 1132. And it says that the people who know their God, that's us, right? You can agree with that, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. That's who I am. I'm a person who knows my God And I'm going to be strong, and I'm going to carry out great exploits. That needs to be your declaration every day. I am a person who knows my God, because we know that as we confess with our mouth, everything in us follows what our confession is. Part of the faith walk is being able to declare what aligns with the word of God so you're able to walk out what he has planned for you. You know, it's not, it's, it's not necessarily our mind that understands it first. It's as we declare, our mind begins to comprehend what is being declared out of our mouth. So if we are declaring, I'm never going to get anywhere, then our mind follows the words out of our mouth. And it takes us nowhere. If we're declaring... I am a person who knows my God. I am strong and I will do great exploits for the Lord. Then your mind, that's what it's looking for. Because we, when we know 
Job 22:28 says that when we declare a thing, it is established for us. So as we're declaring, it establishes the path that we are to walk in the declaration we have just made. So when we're going through this great exploits, it takes a faith walk that will follow the declarations to be able to accomplish what we're declaring. Oh, I didn't get an amen on that one. Do I need to rephrase? We know that our mind can talk us out of what God wants us to do. I, I'm going to tell you this. This is funny. Uh, we'll just kind of go with it. So I'd hurt my shoulder a little bit with tennis, you know. Uh, Might have overplayed, but we won't talk about that. But I go to, uh, half of you guys go to her anyhow. Jackie, our massage lady, she's the most amazing woman in the world. Believer, hands of healing. I mean, when she, and she's a neuromuscular massage therapist. So she's not just making you feel good. She's actually transforming your body to make it align with the way it should align. So I go to her. She's uh, working on my shoulder and, and I'm laying there and I start getting a name popping in my head, Marie, Maria. And I'm like, you know, God, I'm having a massage. <laughs> it's kind of like I'm eating my scrambled eggs. <laughs> and, uh, so, and a lot of times when I get a massage, I'm just quiet cause I like to rest. I like to relax. And, so finally, I was like, okay, so uh, does one of your daughter's names start with an M or something like that? She goes, oh, well, not her first name, but her middle name is Marie. I'm like, okay, Lord. So, so God gives me this prophetic word that confirms something that's going on in her daughter's life that she needed, you know, she needed to hear. I'm like, okay, God, this is great. Now, could you just finish my shoulder? <laughs> but what happens is God interrupts what we're doing for that moment in order for us to step into the great exploits that he has for us. And it is inconvenient sometimes. It is disruptive sometimes. But God is looking for someone he can disrupt. Someone he can undo. Someone that can be unfastened from where they are tethered to in order for him to loose us to do what he's called us to do. And sometimes that tethering that we have, whether it's inconvenience or whether it's just too much trouble or whether it is a high risk situation. Pastor Gene just gave a word Friday night about high risk, that there's a high risk release over us and that we need to understand that God is calling us to risk and risk may look different to each one of us. All of us have a, uh, we have a measurement of risk that we're willing to take for some people. They're high risk people. Chuck is a high risk person, believe it or not. I am not as high risk as he is. I am more calculated about things. It depends on what it is. So especially when it comes to finances, he's a high risk person. I'm like, uh, no, I like a certain return on the dollar. So, so we're all different. But with God, he puts us in these high-risk situations, which for me, it may feel like huge risk. But for Sarah, it may be like, what is the big deal on that? But he's pushing us out of our comfort zone. And that's one of the words the Lord gave me for this year is be ready to be stretched. Be ready to be stretched. Be ready to be pushed beyond what you actually feel like you can do. 
And if you feel like you can't do it, that means that God has to help you. And that's where risk versus faith comes in. Am I willing to take the risk because I have faith that God's going to be there as I step out in the risk he's called me to do? I don't know. The answer is yes. I mean, you know, we can say I don't know or no, but the, really the answer is yes. Now, your yes may take a little bit of uh, encouragement. But when God encourages, it looks different than when a mother encourages her kid to do something. God's encouragement sometimes comes with a little bit of uh, pressure. Have you ever felt the Holy Spirit, just the pressure of the Holy Spirit? And that pressure is just like, you can't, it's like David said, I can't run from it. No matter where I go, you're there. You know, it doesn't matter. No matter how I can talk myself out of it, the pressure of the Spirit is still on me and you're still there. And there is nothing I can do about it until I do the yes that you've already called me to do. And if I say no and walk away, then you know there is that haunting in your mind that you think, I wish I had said yes. I wish I had said yes. I've had a few, few of those. It's not a ghost haunting. It's the Spirit saying, don't let this happen again. It's the Holy Spirit reminding you, you passed on this one. Don't give me another pass. Yeah, that's God is good. So what faith walk are you in right now? And I want you to really be considering this over the next couple of weeks as we wind up the end of the year. I want you to really consider this because there's a faith walk personally that you're going through, that you're trying to get to a place that you want to be, but it is taken faith. It is taken endurance. It's taken perseverance. It's taking talking your mind out of talking you out of what you're contending for. We talked about that last week, the spirit of contention coming against you to be a contention against the word of God that's called you to contend for all that he has. So there is a personal faith walk that you're going through now, all of you. There's also a God faith walk that you're going through, something that you're looking for in a bigger expansion in where you are with your relationship with God. There's that. So we've got personal that we're going after, and then we've got a God thing. We may be, the personal may be finances, it may be health, it may be children, it may be whatever it is. And the God is, I want more. I want more to be able to move in your spirit, to move inside, whatever that is. But we should have a couple of faith walks. Does everybody have a couple of faith walks you're contending for right now? Oh, good, because, you know, let me see everybody's hand that has it. Okay, let me see anybody's hand that doesn't have it. Oh, good. Then our activation at the end of service is going to work well because everyone is going to be able to participate. Mm-hmm. So when Gene gave that word Friday night about taking at risk, he, he said that God is proving himself to you now. And the things that he's doing, the things that he's, uh, indicating for you to move forward and to take a risk in. And what I kept seeing as I was kind of, I listened to his word again this morning, is I kept seeing like breadcrumbs. 
and these breadcrumbs following the path in which God is putting before you. And if he gave you the whole picture right now, you'd be like, there ain't no way. (laughs) You pick someone else who could actually do that. But what he does is he gives you these breadcrumbs of places to go, things to do. He puts you in a position. I mean, we heard the testimony. Sarah's, you know, all of a sudden she's going to get her flag out for her people. And in her classroom, in a, you know, what we would consider a non-Christian environment. She's not at church. And she just took the risk to do that in order for her to release what God had for them. You know, so think about it's the breadcrumbs. Being faithful every day going to work, praying over her students, all that kind of stuff. And then the breadcrumbs leads to the bigger place. So God's sprinkling some breadcrumbs right now. Um, And uh, the other part of the word he said that is that God is not only our abundant supply, our abundant reward, but he's releasing abundant boldness and courage and peace as you go through this. So know that you may have that little heart palpitation when you've got to do these things, but there is the abundance of God's peace, his courage in order for you to be able to complete this, his boldness. So we're going to start, we're going to read a little bit in Matthew 1, 18. So does this resonate with anyone? You feel like God's stretching you? Yeah, you feel like God's just kind of pulling you. And as he stretches you and you become greater in what you're doing, then what happens? The people around you are also stretched. So get ready to be, you know, that elasticity for the people around you too. So Matthew uh, 1 verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her son, being just a man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But when he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. So all this which was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. They shall call him his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her until they had brought forth her, first, his, her firstborn son and they called his name Jesus. That's so powerful. I mean, just think about that. And, you know, it's funny because I love the way it says that Joseph was just a man. He wasn't a superstar. He wasn't super anointed. He wasn't super, super, super anything. He was just a man that was supposed to get married to a girl who was already pregnant. And in that time, that was as good as death to her. There was no way he could marry someone who was already pregnant. No way. 
And so he, being apparently a very gentleman, just a man, he, did, he was going to put her away quietly. But then he went to sleep. And while he was sleeping, the angel of the Lord spoke to him. And that was his moment of decision. Do I believe what the angel of the Lord is saying to me, or was it just a dream? Was it just my own imagination trying to figure it out? Was it, what was it? I feel like in this time, as God begins to, this is not going to be like a slow, easy walk. This is going to be a faith walk that's going to take some decision-making. Joseph had to make a decision. He had to decide, okay, the woman I'm betrothed to is pregnant. I'm going to put her away. I've made a conscious decision of what I'm going to do about it. But then God sends him an angel in his dream to set him straight. The moment of decision was there. Do I do what I'd already determined in my heart to do? Or can I take the ridicule of all the community? Can I believe the dream that I had was from the Lord? And can I take the risk to follow the Lord and do what he's called me to do in order to birth the prophecy in which was given hundreds and thousands of years ago? You know, we think about our call is very minute. It's very minimal. It's very insignificant because we're just people. We're just women. We're just men. We're just people. But when you think about what you are doing, and I mentioned this last week, that was prophesied over you, prayed over you, determined before the beginning of time because the word says that before you were born, I knew you. Before you were born, I had plans for you. So who we are right now in this day, in this time, is significant for what is going to be fulfilled from what's been prophesied and determined over us as well as what the next generation and the generation after this is going to be able to receive. We have to be able to fulfill our purpose, and fulfilling our purpose takes a huge risk in order to do it. Otherwise, we can just sit on the couch and watch football. I I saw some people say, yeah, that'd be okay. That'd be okay. I mean, think about it, Kevin. You know, think about it. It's so much easier to be neutral than to be a person that cares the great exploits of the Lord. It's so much easier to pretend like before I was born, there was nothing about me. Instead of before I was born, I am fulfilling prophecies and prayers that were prayed over me before then. It's so much easier to say, my life is so insignificant because there's, you know, a hundred zillion people around the world. But God is saying, I need for you to rise up 
and be ready to take the risk every single day that I put before you. And the risk isn't necessarily running across 19, not at a crosswalk. We understand that, right? We understand that concept. For those of you watching online, I'm sure you've got a highway near you that you would understand that concept. The risk is what challenges our soul to get out of ourself and step into the destiny, the supernatural ability that God has given us. That's what the risk is. It's to step into something that's already been destined for us to do. And we see a world that is running from the risk. Because the risk isn't, I saw on uh, something, I was reading something, and it said that in 2012, Elon Musk was only worth, you know, I think it was either $2 billion or $20 billion, I can't remember. But now he's worth $252 billion, okay? So he didn't get from... Two billion to two hundred and fifty-two billion without taking a risk. Right? We are not gonna get from where we are to where God has for us without taking a risk. Without taking those incremental risks, willing to lose in order to gain. So what are you willing to risk? Joseph was willing to risk everything. But it came at a critical point. Yeah, You know, I play tennis, and one of the big things that our coach works on us with is not how to play every point, but when you get to the critical point, how to play it. Because points go back and forth, back and forth. But, you know, when you get to the critical point that the next point, either they win the game or you win the game, you got to know how to play the critical points. We've got to learn how to play the critical points. Not live out of a mindless, everyday existence, but live out of the critical points that God has set up for us. And the only way to do that is to challenge ourselves. We need to be challenged to be aggressive. We need to be challenged to be aggressive. There's two kind of tennis players. There's an aggressive tennis player, and then there's a counterpuncher. A counterpuncher just gets back everything that's hit. They're never aggressive. They don't move toward the net. They don't, they don't do any crazy shots. It's a no-risk game because it just gets the ball back in play. That's all they do. And the way they win is to be more consistent than the aggressors. An aggressive tennis player assesses every ball that comes toward them and determines What's the best placement for that ball? They're not looking to just get the ball back and play. They're looking to close the deal. They're looking to win the point. They're looking to win the game. There's a time for us to be consistent in our daily lives so that when the 
aggressive moment comes to close the deal of God, we're ready because we've been consistent all along. It's about being consistent every morning. It's about being consistent throughout the day. Matt mentioned that, you know, I, back in the old days, I used to give God five whole minutes. You got five minutes because that's all I got. And then I finally learned that I got God all day long, so he doesn't need five minutes because he's got all my minutes. Right. He talks all the time. Right. It's just whether I'm listening or not. I mean, he's a chatter, chatter. Even when you're having a massage, you're trying to eat your breakfast, he's got, he, la, 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 la. So that's the, that's the mode we're getting into. It's just that continual conversation with God, the continual wonder of his presence around us. When I take a deep breath, you can tell I'm about to say something, and then I'm like, hmm, let me give that some more thought. I'm going to read a little bit more scripture. There's one other place of scripture, but I did not give this to, um, you can tell I'm thinking, but um, I don't think I gave this to Noah. It's, uh, it's in Matthew. It's Matthew 2, and it's starting in verse 13, because this is the other part of it. So, of course, Joseph keeps Mary. They have the baby, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And then they are constantly faced with the threat against Jesus. Because Herod has decided that he's going to kill all the kids because he feels like... Now, think about this. Even think about the logic of this. Obviously, Herod didn't understand who the Messiah was because he thought he could kill him. Now, God is sending his son to be the Messiah, and Herod thinks that he can kill him as an infant so his life won't be fulfilled. The enemy cannot kill you before God has fulfilled you. But that means we're going to have to know the word of God, be able to declare it every day, throughout the day, all day long, because the word of God defeats the enemy's strategies. What did Jesus do when he was tempted by the enemy? He declared the word of God. He didn't say, I cast you out. You get down. You know, you go. No, he said, and the word says, and the word says, and the word says. And when the word says, and it is released, the enemy cannot trump the word of God. We have to remember what our weapons of warfare are. For Joseph, we were just reading, there was a weapon of warfare against what was expected, what the culture demanded, and what he should do. And God's word defeated the weapon of warfare that he knew culturally as a Jewish man should be his response. What should be our response and what is God's response a lot of times there's two different things. And we're learning to respond the word out of our mouth, even though it might not be to one of our clients or to one of our neighbors. It might not be, you know, whatever the word. I can't even think of anything. Well, I was thinking about, uh, yeah. but 
It might not be a scripture quoted is what I was thinking. You may not say, you know, well, every blessing of the Lord is on me. And you, you know, you can't, you might not say that. But what you say is the word of God prepared for that situation already before you. And sometimes that takes some thought. Sometimes you just have to not say anything until you're ready to say something that comes from the heart of God. It's okay sometimes in conflict to say, I may need to get back with you on that. And then you call them up with the spirit of wisdom and counsel that's being ready to be released to them through you so that their heart will see the goodness of God and what he has planned. So, Joseph, you know, I always think, I always find these people that God uses in the word to give us encouragement through. Joseph, you know, is this person that is at a pivotal place in his life. That that decision will make the journey that he's going to go on either with God or against God. And he believes the word that was given to him in a dream. And he does the steps that he needs to do in order to fulfill the word. Think of the steps that you're looking to do to fulfill the word that God's already given you. It's interesting to think about. Matthew 2, verse 13. It says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, stay there until I bring you, until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So Joseph has begun to learn what the sound of the Lord's voice to him is like. He's already had a dream. He followed what God showed him to do. And now he's having another one to take the next step. There are patterns of God that he speaks to you that are familiar. Where you can sense, I know that is the Lord. You know, Friday night was so funny, the outpouring. Uh, so I'm sitting here. Gene's been laying on the floor for about an hour. You know, he's just laying on the floor. And I, I look at him, he starts getting up. I'm like, I'm sure he's got something because he's been laying there for a long time. I'm sure God did something. Either that, honestly, it did slip through my mind. He might be taking a nap. <laughs> I know, I know. But it did slip through my mind. I didn't say it was right. I just looked. I thought, for a moment there, I thought, is he snoring? I don't know. I can't tell. But you know, if you've been working all week and you get a chance to lay down, natural things do happen. But he gets up and uh, he looks over and I says, do you have something? He's like, no, no. And I told the Lord, I said, you know, I've been kind of waiting on Gene. He's like, well, I'm kind of waiting on you. I'm like, okay. And, uh, you know, God is funny. This is not my first radio. It's not like I just started doing it Friday night. (laughs) So think about this. You can laugh at me because, you know, God is funny because, you know, there was something I I, I had a name that someone that got to give me earlier in the day. I had a number and then um, I had a pain. 
And I had a really bad pain in my hip, and I'm like, what is going on? So finally, I was like, oh, okay, okay. So I get up, and I was like, okay. I see Carol back there, and I'm like, does somebody have severe pain in their hip? And I look toward Carol. She's like, not me. And then someone doesn't raise their hand. And it really makes it hard for a pastor when they're trying to minister, and no one will accept what you're saying. Does anybody understand what I'm saying this morning? Okay. So finally, with a little bit of encouragement, someone else helped them raise their hand. We won't say who, but... uh, so then we're praying and all that. Then I'm like, okay, what about this name? So that was, you know, Carol's name. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. But the thing is, now let me just tell you the, sec- the other side of this, the way I'm processing. I have a name with not knowing who it is, and I have no information to go with it. And I'm like, okay. I said, somebody named Lynn? Carol's like, oh, that's my middle name. I'm like, great. Good for you. <laughs> And I'm like, okay, well, let me just see what the Lord has. But, you know, this is, and then I had a number. So I've got four people with that number. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, well, let's see what God has. So understand, you know, you can laugh, but all of a sudden the way God normally speaks to me, he is not speaking to me. He said, you say one word and then I'll keep you updated. And I'm up here going, what? what's going on? God isn't going to give you a game plan. He did not give Joseph a game plan. He said, well, first of all, you're going to marry a pregnant person. Second of all, you're going to run for your lives because the king of that nation is going to try to kill you. But don't worry, I'm with you. What happens in the PS, don't worry, I'm with you, we forget that he is with us. We forget that he's called us to step out and take a risk. He's called us for this walk of faith in order for whatever it is he's got planned to be fulfilled that he's not going to do it without you. And he will keep nudging you until you say yes. Deb Kofer released that word last week about Jonah running, getting swallowed by the belly of the well, and then getting thrown up. You know, is I don't want that experience. I prefer not to run, get swallowed by the enemy's yuck, because I can't release, take the undoing that God wants to give me. We could have just easily sat there Friday night and not done anything except worship and enjoyed the presence of God. And then once I started, I asked Gene to come up. I said, do you have something? He goes, no, but I am obedient. He is. He is. He's like, well, maybe I do. Sometimes it just takes the, the risk to step. It takes the ability to say, God, I actually don't have anything But at your word, at your word, Joseph said, at your word, I'm going to marry that woman. At your word, I'm going to take everything I have and run for my life with my newborn baby and my wife to Egypt, a place that has always been a place of oppression for my people. I don't understand. We were slaves in Egypt. But at your word, Lord, I'm going. At your word, I'm going to risk that long, arduous trip because you said I am with you. That's what he said, Emmanuel, God with us. At your word, he is with us. 
at your word, he is with us. And in order for us to continue in the great exploits we are already doing, it's not what we're going to do. We are already in the momentum of that. It's going to take a higher risk, a deeper peace, a greater boldness, and a lot of courage. A lot of courage. But God is with us. And we have people surrounding us that champion, that pray, that intercede. That are, there's people praying for us that we don't even understand that are praying. We don't even know them and they're praying for us. Not to mention all the angelic that's going on around us. Not to mention God himself is with us and lives in us. Not to mention the God of the universe is with us and actually lives in us. And has actually called us and ordained us to go forward and anointed us and gifted us. Not to mention him. He is not the PS of the story. He is the author and originator of everything we do. Not to mention him. We forget. I think we forget the power of God's plans over us, with us, and for us. So here's Joseph. They go on the run. Verse 14. It says, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, out of Egypt, I called my son. Joseph's risk was to fulfill a prophecy that God had ordained before the beginning of time in order for the world to see Emmanuel, God with us, right? So think about your life and what God is calling you to do in what you might consider your mundane work, your everyday life, that is affecting the kingdom for the future and fulfilling the prophecy from the past, right? First John 22 says, but you have an anointing. Say, I have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. You know all things. What we're going to see this year, and we're, we're already seeing it now. Like I said, I don't feel like we're prophesying what is coming. I feel like we're prophesying momentum on what has already started. Yeah. You know, sometimes we're looking for the fresh and the brand new, the stark, the surprise, when we don't realize that the, it started. But what we're going to see is the momentum of building, right? But... What I keep seeing is 2024 is going to be a kind of a culminations of nations coming together that will begin to identify, exalt, and focus on Christ as their nation, as the head of their nation. And um, it's a day of fulfillment 
that has been prophesied many years before. And I started to look up some of this and I was like, no, don't get lost in the weeds. Let's not get lost in the weeds. If somebody wants to do that research, they can send it to me. But um, part of the, the two scriptures the Lord has given me was, was Revelation 9, 10 through 11. And I feel like this is for us, for us to start doing. And then we're going to do a little activation in a second. It says, um, you must go back and prophesy again to many peoples and nations and languages and kings. I feel like that is what God is stirring us to do, is to begin to go back and prophesy. Prophesy over people, people groups, people that you know, people that uh, are on your heart that maybe you've put on the back warmer for a while, but God is beginning to stir them up and you begin to prophesy over, begin to declare the word of God over, begin to call them forth into the anointing, into the destiny that God's created for them. So uh, I feel like you're, we're supposed to start prophesying over people that we know, and contextually, you know, the revelation that I'm reading out of, there's, there's, it means something different than this, but this is what I felt like the Lord had called us to do, is start pro prophesying over people, prophesying over nations. How many people have a nation that just burns in their heart? And it may be the U.S. I burn for the U.S., I want to see the U.S. come, but there are a couple other nations that I burn for too. Israel, uh, languages and kings. I feel like God has given us the ability to uh, prophesy, to call forth. I believe he will give us prophetic words even that have been spoken previously over nations. We might not even know it, but it's going to be in alignment of what their destiny is, what their calling is, what God has set before them to do. So just be, just know, just let that ruminate, kind of resonate within you, because I believe that you'll find yourself all of a sudden just having a suddenly wanting to pray and prophesy over nations and the rulers of those nations. Um, so that's one of the things. Uh, the other scripture that also has to do with this is the Isaiah 55, 5. It says, you also will command nations you do not know. And people unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel has made you glorious. This is what I feel like. I feel like there's such a shift in what we're seeing. We've seen a lot of un uh, uprising, a lot of unsettling in nations, but I feel like the body of Christ is rising up in a more corporate, being able to see beyond just our own stuff in order to see the greater move of God across our world. Amen. And we have to be, um, as something comes to our heart, for a while I was praying for Africa, and I'd never been to Africa, and then this was like January, I think it was 2016, God gave me a word for Africa, all this kind of stuff. Next thing I know, in November, I go to Africa without it even being on my radar. I just received an invitation to go for a leaders uh, conference. We got to uh, minister to not only pastors, but uh, business leaders and part of their leader, uh, their ministry, they call them ministries in Africa in that nation. So 
You never know as God begins to stir stuff up on you, never know what door's going to open in order for you to release what God has given you. And you may even meet someone from that nation and then suddenly you realize that what you've been praying for has been preparing you for the encounter that God has put in front of you with this person. So, you know, I feel like those are two words that we need to think about. It's really peoples and nation, God. Peoples and nation. Just stir that up in me. Um, and then the last part of this, and I read this Friday night, but I want to read it again because I feel like this is very critical for us to put these two pieces together. And it's John 5.20, which I don't think I gave Noah that either. Sometimes I give him some things and forget the rest. But uh, John 5.20, and it says... Um, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. Get ready to see. Get ready to see in a greater measure of what the Father's doing. Know that there are eyes opening within us, our spiritual eyes, to a greater perception, a greater engagement, a greater like awareness. All of a sudden we're like, oh, I know. This is what I'm supposed to do because that's what the Father's shown me. So greater uh, ability. And he will show him, he's talking about Jesus, greater works than these that you may marvel. And then I want to connect this to John 14, 12, because Jesus is talking about him and the Father are one, that they are moving as one, that he's doing what the Father's showing him. He is obedient to that. That's what that John 5, 20 is. And then Jesus goes on to say in John 14, verse 12, that most assuredly I say to ye, he who believes in Jesus, we all believe in Jesus, he who believes in Jesus, so this word is for you. The works that I do, he may do also. So think about the works that Jesus did in scripture. He will do also. And the greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. Well, we know that Jesus did the greater works of the Father while he was on the earth. And Jesus is saying to us, because he's going back to the Father, we will do greater works than that. Okay. And the reason is, is so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. So as we do these works, the Father and the Son are glorified in this. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So there is a seeing in a spiritual realm that is going to stretch us, that's going to create the opportunities to take greater risk for the gospel so that we can do the greater things that God has called us to do. There's going to be a hearing in that spiritual realm, a knowing so that we are able to really move into these great exploits. Let me say great a few more times. In a greater way, in a greatest manner. It's just that word. I mean, great, great for us is like, oh, that's great. That chicken was great. Your shoes look great. No, great for God. Great with God. He's like, boom. That's what great means. That's what great means. So we need to take our English words that interpret things like great and awesome and put heavenly 
pressure on them. So we understand great is, yeah, big, gigantic, ginormous. I don't know. We don't even have the words to describe great. I heard somebody say, I don't call anything awesome anymore. No awesome pizza, no awesome nothing, because awesome only belongs to God. Amen? Amen. Okay, so now we're going to get back to our faith, our faith walk. So God showed me something uh, the other day, and I was like, okay, we'll talk about it, and I'll get back with you on Sunday morning, because I like to mull. I love to mull things over. But he showed us taking a faith walk this morning. And we're not going to go outside, so it's okay. Everybody, it's okay. Don't grab your purse. It's okay. But I felt like we're supposed to take, we're all going to stand up. So you can go ahead and stand up now because it may take a minute. We're all going to stand up, and we're going to take a faith walk around the sanctuary. And as we take it, I am going to read Scripture over us because we know that as we declare and walk, there's something about our mind engages with what we're verbalizing and our physical body is actually doing it. There is actually a scientific study that as we do those things, it activates in us a, norm a normalcy as we walk and agree with God's word and declare it out of our mouth, right? So there is something that is tangible that occurs within us that aligns us with the Word of God and what God's going to do. So everybody knows. I want you to raise your hand because you've already raised it once. So you can't not raise it. Oh, Lori's going to start the walk. She, yeah, That's what I was asking volunteers for. <laughs> no. But uh, what I want you to do is I want you to think about the one thing that you are walking in faith with, with God. And for now, we're not going to do 10 things. You know, you can practice this at home. You can practice it in your neighborhood. But I want you to think of that one thing, right? And we're going to begin to walk around the sanctuary a few times while I read the word of God over us as we walk. And I'm going to be reading from Deuteronomy 28, the blessings of God. And we're going to, I am declaring over you as you walk and declare with God, what you're believing in faith for, and you're putting a faith walk with what you're asking from God. The word says that you ask the Father anything, and he will do it because you have asked in my name. Amen? Okay, so I'm ready if you're ready. And whoever can start, Karen, why don't you start that way? Everybody can just pile in. Y'all can go ahead and start. Yeah. You know what you're declaring. You know what you're believing for. You know what you're, you can say it out loud. Say it out loud. We're not having a visitation time right now. It says from the visitation of the Lord. Are you saying it out loud? I can't really hear you. I'm serious. I, I can't hear anybody. Yeah. Yes. 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 So all of these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. Because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. 
Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall you be the fruit of your body. So your body shall be blessed. The fruit of your body shall be blessed. Blessed shall you uh, be the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flock. So everything you touch is going to increase. It's going to be exponential. Blessed shall be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause uh, the Lord will cause your enemy who rise against you to be defeated before your face. The enemy who's going to try to rise against you will be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. Whatever the enemy's trying to do, he will flee before you seven ways. So the Lord is commanding a blessing in your storehouse. Increase, increase, increase to all which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people to himself. And all the people of the earth shall see you. That you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens. Receive the reign of the Lord, the treasures of heaven, to bless all the work of your hand. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. You shall not turn aside from any of the words which I've commanded you this day to the right or to the left, or to go to other gods and serve them. This is Paul's prayer over you. Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith, I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, your love for all the saints. Do not cease to thanksgiving, to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers that receive this. The Lord of uh, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation for breakthrough in this faith walk you're taking with him for higher risk in all that you do. That your eyes of your understanding will be enlightened that all, that you all, all may know what is the hope of his calling, which are the riches of his glory of the inheritance of the saints. And what is the exceedingly greatness of his power Toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power, might and dominion in every name that is, that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And I'm going to end with this.
from Ephesians 3. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above that we ask or think according to the power that works in us do him be the glory in the Christ in in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen, amen. and all his children yelled amen. amen all right thank you for your faith walk and i want you to be expectant to receive what you just walked out in faith to receive So I just want to thank you guys for being so willing and flexible just to follow what the Spirit is wanting us to do. And like I said, I want you to go out expecting. There is an expectancy of obedience just as Joseph, when he obeyed, he expected to God to fulfill what he has promised, as the word says, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.